Guardian Unlimited. Hello, I'm Brian Logan. And I'm Lucy Porter. And we're coming to you today from the Meadows, a stretch of greenery behind the Gilder Balloon, home to Fringe Sunday and to jogging comedians on a health kick. Yes, although now that we're at the end of the festival, not so many jogging comedians around anymore. Not too many jogging journalists either. Nevertheless, it's a relative oasis of calm in the midst of the chaos of the festival, and we've come out here to bask in the glorious sunshine. Yeah, well, glorious sunshine. I'm actually wearing four layers under my cagoule, but never mind. So while we huddle together for warmth, here's a sneaky peek at what to expect in today's heckle. My dad wouldn't be that happy with this because the microphone smells of sick. Ding, 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 break time. Now, I don't know about you, Lucy, but I have always been fascinated by Vikings. You're probably wondering why I wrote a show about Vikings. Well, I am half Viking, half Norman, right? My surname is Delamere, which is a Norman name. I always knew it was Norman, and it was explained by our teacher to everybody in our class when we were about 12. Just as he was covering the brutalities of the Norman invasion, he went, the link to England and to 800 years of misery, death, famine, and oppression began with the Norman invasion. By the way, Neil is Norman. Ding, 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 break time. So the lads, lacking a guy in the class called Oliver Cromwell, decided to kick the fuck out of the Norman families, Irish families against Norman families. Me and one guy called Stephen Prendergast got the shite kicked out of us by the O'Kellys, the Duns, the Sullivans, the Moors. That was to be expected. The fact that the fucking Capuchis joined in on their side was not. Neil Delamere there with this show about Vikings. And as a fan of our horny helmeted friends, I enjoyed it immensely. Now one man whose show has nothing at all to do with Vikings is David O'Doherty. Nice link. David was nominated for last year's If Dot Comedy Award and he's back again this year with the show It's David O'Doherty Time. We sent the ubiquitous Pascal Wise out with him shopping for a new keyboard. That's the sound of David O'Doherty playing at the uh, Edinburgh Organ Studios. Playing on a much bigger keyboard than he would ever normally play, because in his show it's all toy keyboards. Are you feeling like a proper grown-up now, David, on this? <laughs> it doesn't have a demo tune on it. That's one of the things. Where are the beats? Oh, hang on. Uh. Okay, farts are hilarious. Nobody can argue with that. Farts, funnier, the more tense the situation. So, by that I mean farting on your own to yourself in bed. Brilliant. Farting in the middle of potential relationship breakup argument. Cosmic. There's a Hammond organ over here, though. Something I'll never afford. Let's have a look at that. Go on that. This is the first tune that I ever wrote. This is the very start of it. I don't remember all of it, but I wrote this when I was about nine. My mum my is one, my sister she's one too. They're everywhere you look, on every street, in every queue. They're coal ladies. They have names like Sue and Marie. They're coal ladies. They have to sit down to wee. They're coal ladies. They're in magazines wearing clothes. They're coal ladies. They're in magazines wearing no clothes too. Uh, there was a second verse that had something about their tennis is three sets and their jackets button the opposite direction. <laughs> that's it. That's all I remember about it. Now well, your dad exactly. is, a, is a very accomplished jazz pianist. He'd, yeah. He'd like this place. This is full of proper keyboards. And how does he feel about the fact that you play a tiny toy Casio keyboard on stage? My dad wouldn't be that happy with this because this is a Hammond that we're playing, but it is an electronic one. My dad says, 
uh, one of his classic catchphrases, what music needs right about now is a power cut. <laughs> He's a very sort of acoustic man, so he doesn't think much of the Yamaha Porter Sound, PSS260, or uh, any of the other small electronic you ones. You can still thwart him, though, because you're running on batteries, aren't you? I am running on batteries, which makes it more expensive than people think. I, I try to keep the carbon footprint of the show down. I had rechargeable batteries for a while, but let's face it, rechargeable batteries are shit. <laughs> So they kept dying during shows and uh, novelty keyboard-based comedy. It doesn't work so well when suddenly the novelty keyboard runs out of juice. In my opinion, the funniest thing in the world is when older people, in an attempt to be cool, slightly misuse out-of-date popular culture catchphrases. <laughs> Thank you. So, example one, my friend Mike got one of those uh, fancy iBook computers and took it home to show his parents. It was sitting on the table in his house. Uh, his dad saw it there. His dad has a ponytail. <laughs> and his dad just went, Hey, Mike, what's that? <laughs> David, I'll, I'll leave you to carry on practising. It's Play been, us out, will It's you? been a pleasure. This has been David O'Doherty. Ah, I mucked up the end of that. Oh well. Oh well, we're out. I am in a female double act called the Congress of Oddities, and uh, we once had a guy shout out, get your tits out, to which I replied, you wouldn't like it, sir. And he said, not you, the other one. The comedian and poet John Hegley has been a fringe fixture for many years and he's back again this time round with his show Letter to an Earwig. Lucy went to meet him. Edinburgh Festival poem. Doing more shows than nights. Vigour's an important ingredient. So I try to keep to eight hours sleep and three and a half pints of lager, but sometimes the figures get confused. <laughs> Hello, John Hegley. Hello, Lucy. You know our podcast is called The Heckle, and I believe that you've actually got a special poem about heckling. Yes, this is a poem that came from some years ago, and uh, I believe that your voice is going to be edited in at certain junctures. <laughs> a bit of audience participation? Certainly. The stand-up comedian sits down. The comedian climbs onto the stage and truthfully points out that the microphone smells of sick. So does your breath, says someone. Get on with it, says someone else. I'll start this routine if it kills me, replies the comedian, responding well. There is an outbreak of cheering at the mention of his death. Get off, says the one who said get on with it. And the comedian comes up with a line so apt and incisive that any further heckling is redundant. Unfortunately, he comes up with it on the bus home. <laughs> so, John, your show is a very interactive experience, but it's not as aggressive as it was on that night when that poem takes place. Yeah, I really like getting... I'm pushing the joining in. Like the Luton Bungalow singing, last year there was only one section of Luton Bungalow singing and then it went to two and now there's three. It could go to four. OK, we're going to divide you into three sections now. This is where the going gets difficult. Section A, this side of the room here. Section B, this side here. Section C, over here. Section A, when I sing in our Luton bungalow, I want you to go, low, low, Luton bungalow. First low, second low, Luton bungalow. 
Bloomin' or singing is really nice, isn't wasn't it? it? Yeah, wasn't it? Well, there was a warmth. And what good voices. I know, the woman behind me was incredible. She was really uh, belting it out and completely unselfconsciously. It was really sweet. Somebody was asking me the other day about why do you come back to the festival? What's special about it? And one of the things is, is that people get used to being part of an audience. They see a lot of shows mm-hmm. and they become more skillful at it. Well, you do commend the audience when they respond well, don't you? And then you tell us off when uh, we don't. Yeah, well, there was a bit of poor work earlier on. I was in the section of the audience that wasn't particularly good at singing, and I felt really bad. I think we all but, kind of nah, felt you, we needed to raise our game. You picked up. We did. Well, that was it, you see. Sometimes a bit of tough love is what an audience needs. <laughs> the day I started out for infant school, my older brother told me to remember these three simple words. Girl. Never prosper. Now I don't know where he got this strange motto, nor did I understand the word's meaning, but because my older brother was my example, I repeated those three words to everyone I met, and I did not get a girlfriend until I was 27. But I had a boyfriend at 15 in our Luton bungalow. Well, that's pretty much it for another heckle. And tomorrow is our last one. Yes, and I am having to leave Edinburgh tonight. Ooh. They're finally dragging me away from here. So Lucy will be joined by the ever-present Pascal Wise for a half an hour extravaganza, where they'll be discussing posters, how do comedians decide what to put on them. They'll be looking at comedy for kids and examining the art of laughter. So until tomorrow, bye. Bye-bye. Guardian Unlimited.